Democrats want to create a 9-11 style commission to investigate the Capitol riot on January 6th. They do not want to create a commission to investigate the very well-funded BLM organization that burned the country down for six months. They don't want to investigate Antifa, which has been committing street violence, very serious street violence for years at this point at a huge scale. They want to investigate the horn guy and the guy who took the podium on January 6th. Not excusing those guys, just saying don't really seem comparable. This is obviously completely unnecessary. This is a, a partisan trick from the Dems. And so the Republicans, very rightly, are saying, now nah, we're not going to go along with that. This is completely ridiculous. The Democrats hate that. The Democrats, they are losing their minds over that. Tim Ryan, who you might recall, uh, briefly ran for president. He's a Democrat in the House. He took to the floor of the House to yell and scream and wave his arms and say that Republicans are not living in reality. I want to thank the gentleman from New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship. To the other 90% of our friends on the other side of the aisle, holy cow, incoherence, no idea what you're talking about. Ben Gaza, you guys chased the former Secretary of State all over the country, spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank-and-file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. Yes, nothing says we're living in reality like yelling and screaming and pushing ridiculous canards that, that the right-wingers are responsible for killing cops and things like that. It completely debunked. Even the New York Times and Washington Post admit it. Who's really living in reality here? The problem goes way, way deeper than January 6th. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Rebel Patriot, who says, it's hard to win an argument with a smart person, but it's damn near impossible to win an argument with a stupid person. Bill Murray. This is absolutely true. This actually gets into something we were talking about yesterday, which is I love engaging in political discussion. I love taking my opponent's arguments seriously. That's what I've done, actually, as the basis of my upcoming book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available now for pre-order. You can get a signed first edition copy, by the way, if you go to Premier Collectibles. The, the whole point of that book is to take seriously the left's arguments and say, okay, this is where it's wrong, but this is where we can learn something. But you'll notice that a lot of people, they don't want to do that. It's just like they plug their ears in and they say, la, 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 and they call you a racist, sexist, whatever kind of stupidity they'll say. You have no responsibility to engage in a debate with them. A debate is not possible. It's hard to convince someone of anything, but over time, maybe you can, unless that person just thinks they're the single smartest person in the room, in which case it's a completely lost cause. All right. You've got to protect yourself against that kind of stuff. And if you want to protect yourself, I would go check out Ring. I love living in the South. I love having a nice big Southern house, but having a big Southern house means that you got to keep track of what's going on in the house, what's going on outside the house, make sure that everybody is safe. Ring lets you do just that, whether you are in your living room or you're at the office or you're on vacation somewhere on the other side of the world. You can check out 
who is at your door. By the way, with motion detection, the person at your doorstep doesn't even need to ring the bell. They'll just let you know. You can see and speak to them. Ring Alarm is a powerful whole home security system that you can easily install yourself. They've got security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. And you get to use this really simple app. I love it. It helps me feel safe, especially when I'm traveling. And it's a great housewarming gift, not just because it's futuristic and cool and keeps your friends safe, but it's not that expensive. So you get credit for a great gift. You don't have to shell out a lot of money. Start protecting your home today with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Knowles to get your Ring Alarm security kit today. Build a system that's right for your home. Get it up and running in minutes. Ring.com slash Knowles. That is ring.com slash Knowles. January 6th, the greatest threat to our nation, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than 9-11. Our democracy was at stake because the horn guy stole a podium or something. I don't know. I wasn't, I don't mean to minimize what happened on January. I just can't, it's impossible not to minimize it when you talk about what happened compared to what the left is saying happened. And by the way, I know that we're not allowed to compare this to the BLM riots that burned down the country and killed a lot of people, but you have to. I know they say that's whataboutism. You know what? Whataboutism is whataboutism. What about it? Let's compare what happened. It's so, it's so rich because the arguments that Democrats are making now about the, the January 6th skerfuffle at the Capitol are directly contradicting the arguments that they were making for months and months and months. Tammy Duckworth, a Democrat politician, uh, tweets out a picture of her office and it's got a smashed window in it. Okay. There's smashed. I'm not saying these guys were totally peaceful. Okay. They, yes, they smashed the window. People are saying that they killed cops. That's just a lie. That's a complete lie. We know that isn't true, but yeah, they smashed windows. Yep. And she tweets out, don't believe the gaslighting. This is what the so-called tourist visit did to my office. Okay, you're right. She's saying it's not a tourist visit. What happened on January 6th? This was violence, except, except, uh, this is awkward. We were told for months and months and months that when whole buildings and cities were on fire behind reporters on left-wing cable networks, that, that, that amounted to fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. But you can burn a city down. That's mostly peaceful, but you smash a window. That's the greatest act of violence ever perpetrated in the United States. Moreover, we were told by one of the leading quasi pseudo intellectuals of the left, Nicole Hannah Jones, the head of the 1619 project, that property damage is not violence. Yes, it is disturbing to see property being destroyed. It is disturbing to see uh, people taking property from stores, but these are things. And Violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all of the life is leached out of his body. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. And to put those things, uh, to use the exact same language to describe those two things, I think really um, it's not it's not moral to do that. So, yes, I, I think any reasonable person excuse me, any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. But these are not reasonable times. So what she's saying is, look, yeah, I don't want to destroy people's property, but the times that we're living in call for that. And it's not violent. It's Tammy, it's not violence. Destroying property, which can be replaced. And by the way, we're not talking about some guy's whole small business. We're not talking about someone's cherished family possessions that BLM burned down when they burned down different buildings. 
We're just talking about your window. You know, come on, property, which can be replaced, is not violence, Tammy. Now, of course, I don't believe any of that. But according to their own logic, they must. Look, this was a, this was a mostly peaceful tourist visit, wasn't it? No. No, of course not. There's just one set of standards for the very deadly, very destructive, months-long coast-to-coast insurrection of BLM. <laughs> and then there's another set of standards for the riot and the guy who took the podium and the horn guy who danced around the Capitol and smashed some windows. Two, two, and bizarrely enough, they're all being much harsher on the horn guy than they are on the domestic terrorists who targeted civilians to achieve their political ends in BLM and Antifa. Thankfully, Cocaine Mitch not having any of this nonsense. Cocaine, Mr. Cocaine himself takes to the floor of the Senate and says in as energetic a tone as we ever get from Mitch McConnell. So, you know, not very, but still forcefully enough, he says he opposes the January 6th commission. After careful consideration, I've made the decision to oppose the House Democrats slanted and unbalanced proposal for another commission to study the events of January the 6th. There is, has been, and there will continue to be no shortage, no shortage of robust investigations by two separate branches of the federal government. So Mr. President, it's not at all clear what new facts or additional investigation yet another commission could actually lay on top of existing efforts by law enforcement and Congress. What is clear is that House Democrats have handled this proposal in partisan bad faith going right back to the beginning. So Senator Scarface here really hits on the point of this commission. These incidents are already being investigated and people are being held to extremely serious consequences if they participated in the Capitol riot. They're not really being held to consequences if they burned down the country with BLM. So the double standard still exists. But Regardless, the people who rioted on January 6th are already facing very serious consequences for it. So what's the point of this Senate investigation? The point of it, or the the House investigation, the, the point of it is to give Democrats a lot of power to go after any of their enemies. Andrew Cuomo used this sort of investigative power to great effect in New York. If you, if you have a broad a scope to investigate your political opponents, you can use that for anything. Oh yeah. So I think he spoke favorably. I think he tweeted favorably about the January 6th thing. Let's go. Let's look into his taxes. Let's look into his personal life. Let's raid his computer. Let's do this. Let's do that. It's just, just a partisan tool. McConnell, absolutely right. Politically so savvy to oppose this sort of thing. But Tim Ryan makes a point too. Never thought I would say that, but Tim Ryan, that screechy, crazy, loony Democrat at the top of the show, he does make a good point. He says, if if two political parties are not living in reality, then you can't have a country. Now, he's wrong when he says it's the Republicans not living in reality because we get it. We get the January 6th thing. We get the Democrats are going to use that to great effect. Uh, We also get that that's absurd and hypocritical given BL, uh, given the Democrats' overt endorsement of and support for the BLM riots in 2020, the sitting vice president bailed the rioters out of, out of jail, right? So obviously, 
they don't have a lot of credibility on this point. But we must agree on reality if we are to have a country together. And we don't agree on that reality. Forget the riot thing or the mostly peaceful riots or forget that for a second. Forget the election. What happened in 2020? How dare you question why the Pennsylvania election officials betrayed their own constitution? Why? How, you can't. That's our democracy or whatever. Okay, get rid of all that for a second. What's a man? What's a woman? What's a human being? What are we here for? What are our pronouns? What's a baby? What is America? What is a nation? These are really, really basic questions. And we don't agree on the answers. And it's not because we just sort of have different perspectives, man, you know, and we're a pluralistic country. No, it's that broadly speaking, conservatives are in touch with reality on those fundamental questions. And increasingly, the Democrats are off in outer space. And this is clear enough from the voice of her generation, (laughs) Demi Lovato, who is now identifying as multiple people. If you want to avoid this sort of confusion, I would strongly recommend you educate yourself with the great courses. How much time do you waste? How much time do you waste either staring slack-jawed into space or scrolling mindlessly past a bunch of nonsense? Use that time effectively. You can do that with the Great Courses Plus. They've got a library of over 13,000 audio and video lectures. There's a ton of great topics to choose from. You can either do the practical ones, you know, how to build a better financial plan, stuff like that. Or you can do the ones that I think are cooler, which is on like history, on literature, on these, the sort of things that you probably didn't learn in school, even though you should have, but you can do it now. You can, let's say you listen for five, 10 minutes on your phone and then you switch it over, pick up right where you left off on the computer when you get home or you do it on your TV where it's just so simple, a great way to be productive and get a lot smarter. What are you waiting for? Head on over to the Great Courses Plus today. Right now, sign up for the quarterly plan to get an extra month for free. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash Knowles. Do not miss out. Sign up and redeem your free month right now at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash Knowles. Demi Lovato, I actually, you know, I say this a lot whenever some pop culture figure comes up. I don't really know who she is or what she does. I take it she's an actress or a singer or something. Demi Lovato, she just kind of has that look to her. I'm sorry, has that look to them. Because Demi Lovato is now identifying as she previously identified as pansexual. She's now changing that to identify as non-binary. I don't know exactly what the difference is between those things, but I know that the effect of this latter one is that she now identifies as multiple people. She wants her preferred pronouns to be they and them. And she announced this in a pretty trippy video. Living in the fourth dimension means existing consciously in both time and space. Hold on, pause it right there. Already, you see, we have a little problem about the agreement and disagreement on reality. She says, living in the fourth dimension means living consciously in time and space. That's called living in the third dimension, <laughs> right? I don't, I'm not a physicist, but I'm living in, the, in 3D right now. I, can, I see I've got space. I see I understand volume and things like that. And I'm, I'm living in time. I don't, I know sometimes people call time the fourth dimension. I don't know. It seems a little hippy dippy to me. So already I think the interdimensional aspect of this video has me primed and ready to assume she's not going to be totally coherent. 
She goes on. But for me, it means having conversations that transcend the typical discourse. I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. Pause. Pause again. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't. I, but it's my personal choice. I've had this revelation. Where did you get this revelation from? Who gave you this revelation that you are multiple people? The only uh, book where I have seen a sort of revelation that an individual person is multiple people is this very old book, sometimes called The Good Book, uh, in which uh, uh, one person shrieks out, we are legion. We are, you know, and, and it's, but it's, that uh, would be demons. Demons would be doing it because you, a one person can't be multiple people. And the smiling, and I've done some healing work and some self-reflection. You hear this a lot from the, they're always healing because of some trauma that has been done to them. And I actually, I don't even mean to discount this. Yeah, pe people go through traumas. That, that is life. That is part of life. But it's always we're healing. And because I'm healing, you can't question me. Because I'm trying to recover from this trauma, you can't ever question my delusions. So I am multiple people. What does that mean? What does it mean to be they and them? I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. In this first episode, I'm excited to share with you what this means to me and what it may look like for other people. I want to make it clear that I'm still learning and coming into myself, and I don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson. I know this might be a new conversation for many, so I'm inviting my friend Alok, someone I trust to spend time on this platform. Alok is an author, performer, and an important voice within the non-binary community and beyond. Their work to create visibility, equality, and understanding has inspired me on my healing journey. We'll discuss identity at large, but also take the time to personally reflect on how I came into my truth so that we, like many others, are able to live our lives authentically. In just a minute, I'm going to share space with Alok and dive deeper into this conversation. If you told me, Michael, $100,000 on the line, you get one guess, what is the name of this lady's friend? I would probably guess Alok. That's, I wouldn't have guessed John or Bert, you know, I think Alok sounds about right. This video matters, not because of anything involving Demi Lovato. I mean, the headline here is entertainer begs for attention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not exactly a man bites dog story, is it? So of course, you know, entertainers do this all the time and they just try to get more attention, particularly as their careers are sort of on the, on the way back down. So not, not surprised here, but the way that Demi Lovato is doing this is by just parroting. It's like a parody of leftist jargon. She's just fitting all the leftist slogans, my truth and self-discovery and healing and this journey into all into one sentence. And it's, you know, it's not going to be coherent really from the beginning of it with the fourth dimension stuff. But even in, in this little bit, she says, we're, we're going to talk about the person that I know I am and am still becoming. If you're still becoming that, then you don't know that you are that person. You can't, you can't both be this firm set person and this other thing that you don't know what it is that you're headed to. That, that, just that alone is not possible. But it's actually multiple people, right? It's they and it's them. And that sort of thing does not jibe with 
any semblance of society. It's this, the radical subjectivism of the phrase, my truth is enough. Just that alone is enough to destroy society. I'm not being hyperbolic here, folks. I, I don't mean to say that the bizarre musings of some entertainer are threatening to destabilize society. She is representing a very popular ideology right now. And if we cannot agree that there is truth, in Tim Ryan's words, if we can't agree on reality, then we can't get along in society. And, and what she's saying is not even I disagree with conservatives on reality. She's saying, I don't believe there is reality. I'm saying it's my truth and I'm becoming this radically subjective thing. And I know, look, I know I look like a woman and everything and I talk like a woman and I obviously am a woman, but I've had a revelation that I know that my true self, who I am not even that person yet, but I know that I am that person, is multiple people. Well, there goes society. <laughs> there, it's over. It's not just Demi Lovato. Uh, Demi Lovato is joined in her plea for attention by Anna Paquin, who is, I guess, another actress whom I've never heard of. And uh, she is married to a male TV star. And uh, she's now defending her bisexuality. She posts on Instagram, quote, I'm a hashtag proud bisexual who's married to a wonderful human who happens to be a man. If he doesn't have a problem with it, why should anyone else? And then one commenter on this post on Insta says, I am getting tired of seeing bi celebrities constantly advocate for it only to end up conventionally married to men with multiple children, living out the so-called white picket fence life. And then Paquin responds, she's very angry. She goes, oh yes, the you aren't queer enough BS. And then she's defending herself. She's saying, I am queer, even though I'm living a perfectly conventional lifestyle with this rich, handsome guy, and we're just living a normal life. I am special, darn it. I am. I'm not like some of those other gals who are married to guys and have, uh, you know, family and stable life. I'm bisexual. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I like, whatever, I guess I like kissed a girl once in college, but I'm, but that makes me special. Demi Lovato. I'm not, I'm not just some lady entertainer. No, I'm actually a pansexual. No, scratch that. I'm a non-binary. No, scratch that. I'm whatever can get me more attention today. I'm so special. And I, and I am so interesting is what they're saying too. I know how it looks from the outside, but actually I'm much more interesting on the inside. This comes back to the classic problem. I'm not the first one to observe it. That when a a civilization divorces itself from I am that I am. This is the name that God gives himself when he's talking to Moses. Moses says, who should I tell them that you are? And God says, I am who I am. I am, I am that I am. I am essence itself. Say, so, okay. When you divorce yourself from I am, you are left with a very pathetic and pitiful question, which is who am I? And there's no end to that. Demi Lovato is going to be something else in like three weeks. I'd put money on it. How long has it been since she said she was pansexual? Now she's non-binary. Pretty, I assume she's demisexual too. With a name like that, you just, oh, that's a groaner. That's a groaner. Sorry. Never mind. She'll be something else. And I'm sure Anna Paquin will too. Well, actually I'm a non, I'm a bisexual trans this or that. I know it, I know I look totally normal, but I'm actually super duper special. If we want to have a society you can't tolerate that stuff. I know that there's a huge, the left is obviously all in on it. And there's a big segment on the right, the more libertarian segment that says, Hey, whatever you want, man, 
I'm not a, I'm not a regular conservative. I'm a cool conservative. You know, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. And yeah, you could be a demi, bi, non, trans, whatever. You can, your name can be a loke or whatever. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> if you want to follow the Tim Ryan doctrine of living in reality, and I think we have to, I totally think we have to, to live in society, then you can't do that. You can't change the pronouns. They're not yours to change. Frankly, I don't think we should really be changing our names such that people named Bruce can go by Caitlin. Caitlin's a girl's name. Sorry, buddy. If you're a guy, you can't be Caitlin. But it's, but my freedom, it's not freedom. That's insanity and delusion. And it leads society into licentiousness and lunacy. And so, no, we need boundaries if we want a flourishing and free society. The poem needs parameters. The sonnet needs constrictions if you want to have the flourishing and the freedom and the beauty that comes from that sort of thing. You know, Ben is going to be talking today about how the Democrats love January 6th. They love it. They need it. They need, when January 6th didn't turn out exactly how they wanted, they actually just made up new aspects of it. I'll be talking about that on the show. Me, I'm not going to say much more about January 6th. That, that whole discussion has left me basically speechless. Oh, you knew it. You knew it even before I said it. You knew it. Head on over to speechlessbook.com to pre-order your copy today. If you want an extra personal touch, text speechless, S-P-E-E-C-H-L-E-S-S to 53445 to pre-order a signed copy. Do not wait. Now, I know some people have said, Michael, I already pre-ordered a copy on Barnes and Noble or Amazon or something, but now I want a signed copy. I've got a simple answer for you. Just order another one. That's cool. You just give the other one away as a Christmas present or something like that, or you just keep two. Uh, but Michael, I've already or- pre-ordered the Audible. You know, I do it all the time. I will get the book on Audible so I can listen to it. And I'll also get the book physically so that I'll listen to it in the car and then I'll flip over and I'll read some at night and then I'll flip back and forth. Go do it. Get three, four, 10 copies. I don't know. Pre-order today and understand the pl- PC police better than they understand themselves. We'll be right back. So often on this show and in the broader culture, we focus in on how these crazy woke ideologies spread throughout social media and you've got the Demi Lovato of it all and the Anna Paquin and a lot of kooky people who are not celebrities. But don't forget, social media, they're just media, right? It's just a medium. And you can transmit insanity on there or you can transmit serious ideas. So you got the Demi Lovato hyper subjectivism the hyper subjectivism of intersectionality and the woke people and the 1619 project or whatever, which say that whatever I say will constitute reality because everything is socially constructed. Sex is socially constructed. History is socially constructed. So it's all just whatever we say it is. It's a kind of premise of political correctness is that you change the words, you change the culture. But then there was a great video. I saw this one girl, super smart, posts a TikTok where instead of just focusing on her you know, super high after seven bong hits kind of weird subjectivist pseudo philosophy. She uses facts and logic to explain how there is a reality to the universe. And by the way, the substratum of that reality, the, the, the essence that keeps the being, that keeps the whole thing going and that undergirds all of it is God who exists. Have y'all ever heard of the theory of general relativity? It's what Einstein is famous for. In his calculations, he started to realize that the universe was not eternal. It had a beginning. 
Now this leads us to the law of causality. Everything that came to be needs a cause. So Einstein clearly knew that if the universe had a beginning, it needed a cause. Let's go to the Big Bang Theory. There was no space, no time, and no matter before the Big Bang. The universe emerged out of nothingness. What does that mean? Since it's impossible for the universe to be able to create itself because it didn't exist in order to be able to create itself, nature and the universe itself was just a big effect that was caused by, what are we left with? An extremely powerful, extremely intelligent, precise, given the precision that our universe was created with, personal entity that is capable of existing outside of time, space, and matter. That can't be nothing but God. Do, do I need to sign up for TikTok now? I didn't. I thought TikTok was just a bunch of crazy people spouting off and then a bunch of other people jiggling around. And I figured this is not, and, and also Xi Jinping stealing all of our information. So I assume there's no reason for me to be on TikTok. But if I can go on TikTok and just hear popular apologetics and very strong and common sense arguments for the existence of God, maybe I got to sign up and get an account. Do you see the difference between what this gal is saying on TikTok and say what Demi Lovato is saying in her social media post. They're both giving their visions of the universe, right? They're both describing, I guess, even their identity or where they find themselves in the universe. But with Demi Lovato's, you can't make an argument for or against it because she's just saying it's all just about my personal feeling, my personal private revelation that I had of who I am, but I don't even know who I am yet, even though I know who I am, but I don't know who I'm going to be, but I am who I'm going to be. And therefore you just have to believe me. And if you don't, you know, you're kind of a meanie and you'll hear more from my friend Alok or whatever. This gal is coming out and saying, Hey, you have faculties of reason. There is an observable reality that we can perceive. And then we can use our reason to work that out, have conceptions, right? And follow arguments to their logical conclusion. And because this world is, is caused because we're all sort of caused beings and contingent beings even, then you've got to trace that all the way back to God, to an unmoved mover, to an uncaused cause. That's not just a, hey man, wouldn't it be weird if it were like this? That's a, that's a logical argument. If we are going to have a society that is living in reality, we got to base it on that. You can't, it's not possible to be living in reality if you base it on the Demi Lovato thing, because Demi, it's not even just that she's wrong. It's that she doesn't accept reality, that reality exists at all. But unfortunately, the Demi Lovato theory of the world is, is much more fashionable at the moment than that girl's theory of the world. Also, also Thomas Aquinas' theory of the world that she's, she's reciting. The trans ideology is more popular at the moment. You always hear this from, from the left. They say, well, look, Sarah Silverman made this point the other day. She said, there's never been a case of a man competing in girls' sports and then beating the girls at the sports and taking their prizes and stuff. And that's just not true. There's a, a famous case right now working its way up the courts of a dude who just keeps beating girls at high school track. Um, but we got another story this weekend. Just tuck this one away in your, your quiver so that you got another little detail when people bring up that bogus argument. Haley Davidson, who's a dude, uh, competed and won a professional title in women's golf last week. Uh, he, you know, he identifies as a woman, but he's a dude. Uh, he, he also previously competed in men's college golf athletics, and he's now hoping to be eligible for the ladies PGA. 
the Professional Golf Association. So this is um, bad. There's just evidence that when the libs tell you that there's no, not a single case of men competing in women's sports and beating them at it, uh, there are. Men basically always do that when they compete openly and they usually do it when they compete surreptitiously as well and, and pretend to be women. But the issue is much deeper than sports. Also going back to Sarah Silverman, when Sarah Silverman pointed out that the opponents of the transgender ideology don't really care about women's sports, they're right. I don't. I don't care. I'm not going to watch these golf matches or whatever. What do you call it? Golf. I don't even know what you, golf bouts, these golf rounds. Or I'm not going to watch it. I don't really care. I care about the reality. It's me and Tim Ryan against the world. The issue is much deeper than sports. Usually I only read letters that I get on mailbag day. Uh, this one I'm going to read to you. This really moved me. I got this letter yesterday from a listener in Italy. It was written in English. It's a little bit choppy English, but basically well-written. And so, uh, uh, the, the, regardless though, even if it weren't well-written, the content is really what we're talking about here. Subject. I was a sad trans and then I detransitioned and now I'm happy. Message. Hello, Michael. I'm writing to you from Italy. I'm a 30 years old woman. When I was 18, I was involved with the trans movement because my family abused me and I was confused and had the bad luck to meet trans people who convinced me that I was a boy. They were trans people from the Italian trans rights associations. I always had been very feminine, but they somehow convinced me, taking advantage of my suffering, to go on testosterone and to mutilate my chest. After some years, I understood that I fell in their trap because trans people are narcissistic and abusive too, like my family, <laughs> like everybody, right? To some degree, the people are all kind of broken people. Uh, now I am a 30-year-old woman and I am happy and living the joy of being a woman. I am still facing the irreversible damage done to my body, but I can still be a mother and take care of my future kids. And it makes me happy not having fully, fully believed their lies. P.S. When I told them that I was detransitioning, I lost all their friendship. They bullied me, told me to suicide, to commit suicide, etc. And no one of them wanted to be my friend anymore. Thank you for bringing light on this topic. Yours, a happy woman from Italy. There are many stories of people detransitioning. You're going to get more and more of those stories because this has been a social contagion, this insane ideology. And there have been parents and schools and the whole culture is encouraging little kids to mutilate their bodies. And the vast majority are going to come to regret that. Uh, this point too, it, it occurs to me where you say the trans movement is manipulative. Of course it is. It's its very essence is manipulation because the idea here is that you have the right to and you ought to totally transform reality using your own hands, using the surgery or using the hormones or using whatever to better accord with your view of the world and that you can do that. that one, but you can't. You can't. If we're going to live in Tim Ryan's reality, you can't do that. There's a limit to your ability to manipulate. It's a, it's a very Western idea. That it goes back really into, into the heart of our tradition that we can transform the world through our art, through our craft, through our skill. And we can, and we've done this to great effect. But there's a difference between taking the reality that we live in and, and from that creating the beautiful art of a cathedral or some beautiful painting or some beautiful sculpture. And abusing that and ignoring reality and creating something 
hideous or that is contrary to what it truly is or ought to be. There's a big difference here. We can, you know, we have our freedom. We can use our freedom in accordance with reality and with the natural order and the moral order, or we can abuse that freedom and use it to licentiousness and use that freedom to pervert and destroy and mutilate the world. And it's not, they're not the same thing. And there are real consequences here. Very happy to this person who wrote in that she is doing better now and has gotten out of this craziness. And uh, anyone who's considering getting into it, I would uh, maybe send them that letter, send them that little clip and uh, just let them know there's a, there's a dark side here too. I've interviewed people who've detransitioned years past who, who talk about how, what a horrible thing it did to their lives because you can't, you can't go back. You can try to fix certain things. Thankfully, this woman hadn't gone so far that it was completely irreversible, but some things were irreversible. She says she mutilated her body. She was very pretty and she mutilated her body. And you can't totally go back from that either. Better to cut it off while you still can before, before really it's too late. This is all part of an anti-human ideology. And this anti-human ideology expresses itself in various ways. It's not just the gender thing. It's not even just the abortion thing that we, it's not just the overpopulation thing. It's not just the idea that we need fewer humans and the humans who are here need to be different than they are. Uh, This gets down to this weird impulse I've noticed on the left to remove human beings from their special place in the order of creation. The conservatives believe, Christians believe, that human beings are made in the image of God. We have dominion over the land and the sea. We need to be good stewards of this creation. We need to use our freedom in accordance with God's will. We have a special place. There is a difference between me and a crab, a little crab on the beach. But what the left is saying increasingly is there's not much of a, there's a, a little difference of degree, but come on, it's actually, it's just the way evolution worked. And just, you can't, you can't say that a human being is greater or more developed, more advanced, more sophisticated than a little crab. There was a video that just went viral over the past few days of a crab digging in the sand. And you see the crab, he's on the beach and he's digging in the sand and he's pulling the sand up from the little hole. So, okay, there's the crab and he's dig, dig, dig. And it's going up and up and up around him. The person who posted this, by the way, is I think an assistant professor and wrote in that kind of goofy script, you know, capital, lowercase, capital, lowercase. But humans are the most advanced species. The implication that humans are not the most advanced species because there's the little crab and he digs up the sand and he covers himself up in this little hole. When I watched this video and I thought, so your, your best argument against human beings having a special place in the order of creation is that crabs can dig a hole. It takes them a long time, but they can dig a hole. And I thought, you know, I can dig a hole. (laughs) Can this assistant professor not dig a hole in the sand? Because maybe, then maybe she's got a problem (laughs) in the order of creation. But she continues, she goes, quote, we are not the most advanced species. No species is more advanced than any other. Each species is uniquely adapted to its environment. This crab could judge any other species for their inability to build sand houses, etc., as being less advanced. It's all a matter of perspective. Did you catch the problem with her statement? It's not about the sand houses. I mean, yes, we can build better sand houses than the crab can, but no, it's not about the sand houses. It's not about what the, it's the word judge. She says this crab could judge any other species 
but the crab can't judge any other species because judgment requires a rational will and an intellect, and the crab doesn't have either. Uh, this is not my own understanding of the world. I don't, don't think that I came up with this brilliant idea on my own. We've known this since at least Aristotle, and probably we knew it before Aristotle. The fact that I have an intellect, that I can perceive and conceive things in a way that is far more sophisticated, not just a little different in degree, but different in kind from how the crab can perceive things, is something that separates us. And also the rational will. All beings have a, a sort of very basic will in the sense that the the crab needs nutrition, so it eats things, so that the, the tree needs nutrition, drinks up water, but it's not conscious of that. It's not freely choosing these things. These are just instinct. The rational, this is why when a gorilla kills somebody, you don't put the gorilla on trial. It would be very crazy to put the gorilla on trial. The gorilla does not have a free rational will. The gorilla can't make moral choices. It's why you don't throw lions in jail for killing. <laughs> the lion is just doing what it, what it must do according to its nature. But we don't need to do that. We actually can make moral choices because we have a rational will, all of which is denied by the, this anti-human left, which wants to pretend that we're all just kind of the same thing, man. And, every, and all the things that we think separate us from the bugs and the crabs, they're just delusions we tell ourselves. But you're nothing. You're no better than the bugs. If that's science, if the people who say that there's no difference between humans and crabs and the people who say that babies aren't really babies and the people who say that little girls should mutilate their bodies to look more like boys because they're going through a phase or something. If that is science, then I'm out. And I think there's no wonder that the public health authorities have no credibility because not only have they gotten all of that wrong, all these basic aspects of our life that we know are just BS, the idea that you can change your sex or whatever, that babies aren't babies. But they've also gotten their very specific job wrong. The, the very specific job to protect us during an epidemic. They've gotten it wrong every single step of the way. The former Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, who famously tweeted out, stop buying masks, people, after Fauci lied to everybody and said that masks don't work. And then later on, he said masks do work. And then it's sort of unclear even what kind of masks you're, what are you talking about? But he said, I mean, he made a political decision just to save the masks for his, his own nurses. Uh, Jerome Adams goes on TV and he says, the CDC and other public health authorities, they kind of botched the rollback of the lockdown. This new CDC guidance is telling us that these vaccinations are so incredibly effective that if you're fully vaccinated, if you're fully vaccinated, meaning two weeks out from your last dose, that the benefit of additional masking and social distancing is minimal. I think this was uh, an appropriate call based on the science. The science is sound. I think that uh, the play call was right, but they fumbled the ball at the one yard line in terms of uh, communicating this to the public in terms of engagement. Uh, lots of my public health officials have told me they are upset. They were blindsided by this new information. I think you missed the nuance about protecting yourself versus protecting an organization. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, it was a little bit of whiplash for the American public in terms of them saying just a week before, keep your mask on. And then all of a sudden they're saying, now you can take them off. There was, there was a little bit of whiplash. And you're saying, well, it's not the science that was wrong. It's the messaging and the communication. Well, you know, don't forget public health officials, they're 
half scientist, but half politician. The job is really to be political and to communicate with people and to guide policy. And so if they blow that, they, they really blow the key aspect of the job. But also if they lie, right? Now, I, you know, my, my views on masks, we'll just leave it at that. I know that, I know that YouTube is very, very tricky about how you, <laughs> how honest one can be about one's views. Uh, but I think, you, I think we all, we all know what I'm saying here. In Fauci's view though, the masks are really super duper important and they really work, right? That's what he says he believes. But he told people they weren't because he felt he wanted to communicate something with them. And then later, Fauci has just told us, he doesn't think that once you're vaccinated, you need a mask. But he told people they do need a mask. And then later he told them they don't need a mask. And he admitted, he said, well, you know, look, yeah, I I just thought uh, we had to be, you know, communicating this sort of thing because I wanted people to continue to wear it until more people get vaccinated. But of course, it's the case that if you're vaccinated, you don't really need the mask. If you lie to people about just even about your views, forget about lying about the truth or falsehood, but just about even your own views, you're being dishonest in that way. And then you tell them your true views and then you tell them that they lied, you lied to them. And then you tell them that it's good that you lied to them. They're going to stop believing you because we prefer to live in reality with Tim Ryan. (laughs) I don't think Tim Ryan lives in reality, but he says he does. And if you're going to disregard that reality, we have no reason to go along with you. We have to take matters into our own hands because we're a free people and we have self-government, at least in theory. This is what we should have done from the beginning. I'm very pleased to see that Utah is banning public schools and universities from issuing mask mandates. Not just saying, hey, schools and universities, do whatever you want. No, Utah is issuing a big government regulation, an awesome, terrific, very conservative, big government regulation on the more local areas, the schools and the universities saying, no, you cannot have a mask mandate. They're allowing counties still to do this. So it's a, there is still localism here. It is still a little nuanced, but perfectly fine, I suppose. But they are saying, no, you can't do it in order to protect people's freedom, but also people's American way of life and also people's human dignity that we shouldn't just put filthy cloths over our face and muzzle ourselves, take away our, our distinctive human trait that we can speak that makes us the political animal. Uh, We're not going to let you take that away from people. Limiting the willfulness of the universities and the schools to protect the freedom of the people who go there. I love that. I hope that more places do that, more states. A lot of politicians that were trying to undermine their democratic accountability, right? They're trying to minimize self-government, send everything off to the experts. And even when they're going to be asked tough questions to not, not even permit reporters to do that. Remember democracy dies in darkness, Trump, the most transparent pro pro press president in history. Probably he would talk at length for hours to reporters. He'd make fun of them, but he would talk. He was open to them. Joe Biden doesn't do that sort of thing. And Lori Lightfoot now in Chicago, mayor of Chicago is saying she's only going to grant one-on-one interviews to black and brown journalists. She is. This is according to a spokesman uh, who says that now she's in her two-year midway point as mayor, and she's only going to give one-on-one interviews to black or brown journalists. It is tired and cliche and pointless to, to observe that if the situation were reversed, of course, this would be an international incident and there would be a huge outcry. But I, I, I don't even want to focus on that point because it just doesn't matter. 
it's just different sets of standards, right? There's one set of standards for the Black Lives Matter terrorists who burn the country to the ground. And there's one set of standards for the horn guy and the guy who took Pelosi's podium. And the standards for the horn guy are much, much harsher than for the BLM terrorists. And that's just the way it is. And so Lori Lightfoot, a black mayor, can come out and say, I'm only going to give interviews to black and brown journalists. And the reason here, of course, is, is statistically she's looking and saying, black people vote Democrat much more so than white people do. So that's going to give me a political advantage. But also if you're already saying I'm going to discriminate on the journalists I talk to, then they can get much more specific, far beyond just the skin color. They can say, okay, there's a leftist journalist. There's another leftist. And there, there are plenty of black people who are conservative. I don't think she'd give an interview to Candace Owens, for instance, but, or, or Larry Elder or somebody, but she, this is just a, an excuse to discriminate. And she's going to get away with that. Because the sense of reality that we have is contrary to reality itself. The ideology being pushed on us is that this country is in a white supremacist, patriarchal, Christian theocracy. And of course, it's totally the opposite of that. It's totally the, the only racial discrimination, the only racism that's permitted and actually promoted by society is against white people and to a lesser degree against Asian people, but also against Asian people, especially in university admissions and things like that. The only religion that it's perfectly fine to castigate and mock is Christianity. That, our perception of things is very different from reality. And if we, uh, Tim Ryan is very barely, but makes a good point. If we are going to have a country, we need to be living in reality. And that means conservatives need to get a little bit tougher about articulating and enforcing that reality. A point I make at great length in my upcoming book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available now for pre-order. I'm Michael Knowles. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Bory. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. PBS teams up with the New York City Department of Education to bring drag queens and children together. A Democrat congressman screams at Republicans for not living in reality. Joe Rogan gets in trouble for daring to suggest that there might be some anti-white sentiment out there. And finally, a popular YouTuber tries and fails to demolish me for my views on masking. We'll talk about all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.